whether it's taking care of family. Ugh, Mikey, stop harassing your sister. Climbing the corporate ladder. Yes, yes, yes. We need to create a new spreadsheet for the project. I know, I know. Or even taking care of loved ones. I'm here for you, Mom. You have to put you first. It's the Know You First podcast with host Amanda Smith. Greetings, my self-love tribe, and welcome to another episode of the Know You First podcast. It's your girl, Amanda Smith, dishing out self-love goodness week after week, and I appreciate you bringing me along your journey, our journey, in creating this self-love fest. You know, I hope everyone is having a wonderful holiday as we are officially in December. Like, wow, how did we get here? The last month of the year, it's just whizzing by at incredible speeds and soon a new year will be upon us. Coupled with new aspirations and new beginnings and the inevitable change. Yes, this episode will focus heavily on change because I didn't want to wait until the new year to spring any of this on you. We have a few weeks now to get our mind right and prepare for what's to come. Because it's coming, whether we like it or not. And as we know, change isn't easy. And as a reminder, this is a season for evolution and for growth, which is going to look very different, feel very different. And I encourage you to embrace the change ahead on your terms exclusive guest interviews. My special guest this week is someone who I am very excited to introduce to you. This is an old friend, an old media friend from my media tribe, who I met while working at the National Association of Broadcasters many moons ago. I used to head up the diversity and career development programming for the foundation, and we recently reconnected. She has always been a great inspiration for me and the work that she does for one of the most prominent brands, if not the prominent brand, used by billions around the world. It's just so admirable. Her name is Amanda White, and she is the Senior Audience Insights Manager for Amazon Prime Video. She fuses data and marketing to support the development of brand and marketing strategy, as well as prioritizing some key promotional messaging. She's also a daughter, she's a friend, she's a godmother, and she joins our show this week to discuss the motivation behind the work that she does. You know, she always has to be in her A-game. She represents Amazon, and so how she's managing her own personal self-care with such a demanding career, and of course, embracing change, we're going to hear all about it. Without further ado, Amanda White, take a listen. Thank you. I'm so excited. So, Amanda, it has been a hot minute. What, since NAB? <laughs> it definitely has been. Noticing, like, your growth and everything you've been doing from, from the sidelines, from LinkedIn. So it's been, I feel like we've still been connected. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned LinkedIn. Social media is such a blessing and a curse because yeah. I, too, <laughs> I, too, have been watching your career growth and seeing where you're at right now. For those who don't know, I actually met Amanda at when I was actually head of programming for the National Association of Broadcasters Education Foundation, and I was actually leading 
a program. I want to say it was a leadership development program. Yes. And Amanda was one of the participants and um, we connected right away because we were like, oh my God, another black girl named Amanda. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But then, you know, naturally she's just so awesome. And we have been in touch since then. So super excited to have her here uh, with me. So Amanda, we're going to get right into it. As an accomplished media executive, Um, I love your title, you know, um, actually on LinkedIn, you say data storyteller. I I love that because I think data gives us the information that we need to to make these decisions, very big, major decisions. So I love your title of data storyteller. But what is the motivation behind the work that you do? Um, Not just so much where you are right now, but, you know, you have been in this space of media and, you know, media is always going to be a special place in my heart because of uh, of what we do. I think it's all it's very special. Um, but what are you hoping to accomplish overall with with your work? So the, the one thing I love and I'm driven by no matter, you know, what space I work in is like really representing people, you know, um, and, and doing that through data. And so I got in this space because I just love following and understanding like consumer behavior and like why people make decisions that they make and, you know, what drives them to make new decisions. And so, you know, but where is that voice when businesses are making decisions? And so it's so valuable to look at data and understand and ask for feedback and do surveys and and get all that information. But then like, how do you communicate that internally at a company and really drive true decisions where the customer or the consumer is like the center, like they're the focus, they're the foundation that you're building everything about your company based on. And so like being in a space where, you often think like you have to be in like this really high like C-suite position to like make decisions or impact decisions. But little do people know the impact of understanding and interpreting data can have in driving decisions at a company. And so that's always been like the interest for me. And so I did that for 10 and a half, 10 and a half years um, in like local news and, and broadcast media. Uh, so now I'm in the entertainment space at Amazon, but I'm doing the same thing. I'm I'm keeping track of what people want, what they need. You know, entertainment is a, so- a source of joy for people. It's an escape for people. And so that's just as valuable as, you know, you think about local news and staying informed about your community. It's like another added piece people need in their life. I love that you say data and research is something that you use to determine, you know, why people make decisions. That's such a fascinating job, right? I mean, I feel like it would be because you're getting all this insight on why and what people consume. So we're now in this crazy time period. You know, we're still in the thick of a pandemic. And I think most organizations and people are adjusting. Some are doing it a little bit better than others, but we're still clamoring for information on how we still move forward where we are. Sudden change is is hard for a lot of people. Um, change it also can be that time where you now can think through things differently from what you've done before. What do you see are some of the common things that trips people up when they start to tackle change, especially those folks who hate change? You know what's funny is like I think even people that say they love change, you still go through that fear of the unknown, you know, and people, some people stay in that space that fear longer than others. So I think like that's, that's the difference. And, you know, someone saying they necessarily, they like change or they, they don't like change, but I think 
It's like, how do you overcome that, that unknown? I mean, that fear of the unknown. Right. And it's, um, when you when you decide like this change is necessary, like it's needed and the value it will bring and like, you know, future change it will bring, like let that drive you and be okay that you're not going to stick to traditions, you know? And I think it's also knowing the support you have around you, like you're not alone in making a change. And sometimes we can get focused on how drastically it impacts us, but like, we're not the only ones having to change. And so that's whether it's, personal change or, um, in your career or just something happening at work, like, you know, find that ally, find that friend, you know, that where you don't feel like you're going through that change along. And I think sometimes we take on so much just on our own emotionally and and physically, you know, and we forget, like, it's okay to bring someone along on that journey with us. Absolutely. Cause half the time they're probably just as lost and confused and fearful as you are. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm so glad you talked about fear um, because I actually addressed uh, fear in my last episode. I actually had a wonderful woman, uh, Emily Aries, who is CEO founder of Bossed Up. And we talked specifically about fear and how Mm -hmm. that fear, you know, how it's all in our head. Because when we actually go through the thing, it's not as devastating as we thought it was, but we worked ourselves up so much and given ourselves all this anxiety where sometimes it's paralysis. We can't even do anything, you know? Um, And it's literally all in our head, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So let me ask you, one of the things that we do on the Know You First podcast is we talk about these selfish moments. And these selfish moments are kind of those times where we just really, what it says, we have to be selfish um, because there's some distracting or external factors that are preventing us from either going to the next level or really staying true to our end goals and what we want to accomplish there. I would love, Amanda, if you could share one of your selfish moments, whether it's earlier on in your career, whether it's right now, whether it's something personal where you just had to block everything out, focus on Amanda White and what you what your desires were at that time so that, yeah, you can go and level up to to what you were trying to accomplish. Yeah. So it, it's funny because just, you know, the the term like selfish, you know, it has this like negative idea behind it, but it's actually pretty, it can be positive. And I have a lot of friends and family and and, uh, coworkers that may ask me for advice. And I often tell them like, it's okay to be selfish. Uh, What I don't do very well is take that on advice. And so- (laughs) (laughs) Of course not. (laughs) So my story is going to come from, surprise, surprise, 2020, uh, where- Um, I was forced into having to take that selfish moment for myself. And um, I got promoted, moved to a new city, and I just had a lot of stuff building up. And so sometimes we may think like something traumatic may happen and boom, you have to focus on yourself. But like mine just started to build up over time. And so I had just moved and I started like Uh, Just moved to the D.C. area and started to get comfortable in my new home and making connections with with like different alumni groups and organizations I was a part of in Atlanta and transferring to to D.C. chapters. And then COVID happened. And so I'm in a whole new city and area where like I don't really know anybody. Wait a minute. You're in D.C.? I'm back in Atlanta now. Oh, okay. I was like, how did I not know that? (laughs) 
you know what's funny is like you were on my list i had my list of people i was contacting and everything so you were definitely on my list to, to reach out and, and connect with okay I okay like, I'll, I'll forgive you okay <laughs> no just joking <laughs> uh, but no so then like i move and i'm i'm making that adjustment i'm in a, a new role you know taking on new responsibilities uh, I'm selling my condo back in Atlanta. So managing that during COVID, where it's mm. like every day is changing. And so I can't just fly to Atlanta at the time, you know, like the fear of getting on a plane. And so I'm experiencing that. Um, my grandmother passed away in May. Uh, and then, thank you. And then the George Floyd, um, unfortunate uh, death of George Floyd, that impacted me personally, but then it impacted me at work. And so here I am, you know, a black researcher and marketer, you know, of course, my my coworkers and friends are, you know, wanting my perspective on things, right? And I think in times like this, healthy conversations is needed. And, but then like, I'm also processing it, thinking about all the, the black men in my life and imagining them in that situation. So it's hitting me a little differently. And it was just a lot of emotion. And before I knew it, so that's June. And then July hits and I just like shut down where um, I realized that I was taking on so much. And as I went through one thing, I was checking it off, but the emotions weren't going away. Right. And so like that task was done, but I'm still holding on to um, that experience in an emotional way. And before yeah. I knew it, I became extremely overwhelmed. And I start realizing that I was putting everything before myself. You know, I, mm-hmm. I was valuing everyone else's checklist over mine, my own. Why do we and do so, that? Why do we do that? And I, I realized it just takes little steps. So committing to not working after a certain amount, a certain time of the day, um, actually speaking up when you feel overwhelmed, like it's not a negative thing. Like, Hey, my workload, this is too much. Like I'm, you know, and, and, and like really detail it, like, Hey, I'm working on all these things. I'm trying to balance all this stuff. You know, it's just impossible. So speak up when you're in a state of impossible, you don't have to be like the superhero and figure everything out. Um, as I said, you know, friends and family, like everybody comes to me for advice. I had to start taking breaks from that, you know, like, listen, hey, I'll call you back or maybe not immediately respond to that text, like process things, um, but really just taking that moment for myself. And also not, not, I think often we define time for self-care as like on the weekends or like when we get off work. Exactly. Or, you know, exactly. Like, like the, when, we, when we've invested our time and effort and energy on all these other things, the little time that's left, that's where we try to squeeze in like a spa day. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So it's like one recognizing when you're having that moment where you feel overwhelmed or things are challenging and then just take a break. Ah, And it seemed bizarre, but like I even have times like if if I'm overwhelmed with something work or life related, I just 10, 15 minutes. I do something completely unrelated to whatever is just like overwhelming me at the time. And I'm able to come back with like a clear mindset. Okay. Now let me try and refocus, you know, because sometimes something happens and it just boom, it hits you and you like don't even know how to focus and you're so distracted. Like, how is this happening right now? And, you know, before you, you know, absolutely stress out about it, like take a moment, breathe. 
Uh, there's a few points that I love about your selfish moment story that I just want to emphasize because I just I love the nuggets you just spilled right in that response alone. First and foremost, it doesn't necessarily have to be a selfish moment. It could be selfish right. moments, the continuous yeah. self-care practice and behaviors that you do. You probably won't even need to take a selfish moment if you're already kind of in that rhythm, you know, because you're already doing it anyways. So I love that you're doing that. Of course, I also love that you say you sometimes just have to say no. And that is so super hard because um, for me, you know, I'm in the talent development field. I, you know, what I, my work is with people. And so you're right. I oftentimes do put people's problems and challenges and organizational challenges on me to fix. And I'm just one person trying to fix myself. So I, I love that too, that you say no. And then the ultimate thing, and I have to bring this up because you talked, you touched on some equity issues that we were facing, you know, with the George Floyd thing and all that. You're right. Some of my wonderful, wonderful, and I love y'all, my wonderful white colleagues came to me as the person who could be the soundboard for all black people. And they were like, Amanda, what can I do for the community, the black, the black race? I mean, one person actually said it and I was like, okay, <laughs> there's where you're wrong because I'm not, I, Amanda Smith does not represent the whole black race. What I could do is give you my story. And from that, you're going to have to talk to other minorities and then people of BIPOC communities to understand and collectively pull that all together. So I just right. wanted to educate them first because I am not going to sit here and try to speak for all Black people. So thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there are just so many great things that you just said there. And um, and then, of course, you know, why are we limiting our self-care time? Our self-care time is exactly what allows us to be fully present for some of these big decisions, for some of these big things that we have to be involved in. Right. So shouldn't our self-care look like you know, 60 and maybe other things can look like the other 40% to, you know, to, to, to bring it to a hundred percent, but you know, that's not reality and we don't do that. So. I know it's, it's hard. And I think that's what I realized is that my selfish moment didn't need to be like, like you said, just a moment. Like I needed to Love incorporate, that. I needed to force these moments throughout my day, you know? And so it wasn't like, yes, I love going to the spa, right? <laughs> like, you know, I, I can't do that in the middle of the day, but how do I find that level of peace just like in 15 minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and, and hello, we have leave, use it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you talked about, you know, a little bit on how you're finding the balance between family and self-care and personal care. So I really like that. Anything further that you want to expand on there that you haven't touched on? Because, you know, I think what's also really, really great is to share, you know, the things that we don't see on social media, because when we see it, look at media and we see, you know, I'm admiring some people from afar. It all looks pretty. It all looks like, oh, they got it going on. But we know that is not how the struggle is real. And that's that's not the whole story, what we see on social media. So anything you want to expand on there? Yeah. You know, I, I think one thing is, as people go on this journey of like incorporating selfish moments, uh, you do experience like guilt. Like you feel bad, you For know, sure. and, and you try and process that, you know, like, cause you're going to have to take that moment where you can't necessarily do what you used to do and you can't hang out with friends in the way you did or talk on the phone the length of time that you used to, because you are now having to find pockets of time for yourself. Right. Uh, 
but I think the thing is to focus on how that's going to make you a better friend, like taking that selfish moment. It's going to make you a better, you know, family member, a better coworker, you know? And so like, don't, don't process, you know, that guilt. And I think also like, you know, as you said, social media, everything's so perfect. Like everything doesn't have to be perfect. That's right. uh, and I, and listen, I, I tell people in a heartbeat, like I, I'm challenged with that because I tend to be a perfectionist, you know? And when I, when I, when I dig into why I'm struggling with something, it's like, because I'm trying to make it perfect and it can't be perfect, but it's in a really good state and you should celebrate that, you know? And so, uh, definitely, um, don't feel pressured by outside, you know, forces and, and, and things and, you know, celebrate what you're able to do. And every step is, you know, a positive thing. Like as long as you're moving forward, you know. That's right. I love say I love, I tell people also uh, celebrate the little wins because yeah, you don't, you, you know, that's, I, that is my motto. That's, I don't know, a little bit of my personality too. Like, you know, <laughs> one of my kids are probably trained. I'm like, yes, we're going to, you know, celebrate this. I mean, seriously, because um, I think that helps the momentum that helps your spirit. And, you know, we're not to sound so daunting, but life is short. We don't know how long our spirits are going to be here. And so uh, for me to wait for perfection or wait for that next win it may or may not come. Let's just be real here, you know? So while you're here in the moment, let's celebrate it. Yes. Okay, well, in conclusion, another thing I love to do, because I'm a big quote person, I'm easily distracted, I'll be the first to admit it. So I have affirmations, mantras, and all these things around me to help keep me motivated and inspired. If you could leave us, Amanda, with an inspirational quote of yours or something that you oftentimes refer to, uh, to keep you motivated each day. Would love to hear that. Okay. So, um, so it comes with a story, um, actually. So when I, when I was little, uh, I used to, it's funny. My dad always tells me this. He's like, you always used to say it's not that serious. And he would come home and he would explain what he was doing for work. And like something was, you know, stressful that day. And I would say, dad, it's not that serious. And as you can probably imagine, he probably looked at me and was like, what do you know? You know, <laughs> little girl, hey, <laughs> what do you know? tell me it's not that serious. You don't understand adult life. Right. But he he told me he's like that made him like, of course, that was his natural reaction. But it made him reflect on, am I making this more serious than it truly is? And so. I had to start doing that for myself and, and I remixed it actually um, in 2020 and said, nothing's more serious than taking care of yourself. Yes. So, yeah. so my, my, my quote now, I remixed it and it's now nothing's more serious than taking care of yourself. And yes. so it's really when you get frustrated, when you get overwhelmed, when you have something that is just taking up so much of your emotional well-being, uh, you have to really challenge yourself and say, is it that serious? Mm-hmm. And the answer is nothing's more serious than taking care of yourself. So, uh, and that applies, that applies to everything. Cause if you're not your best self, you can't be your best daughter, sister, aunt. I don't have kids, but I have um, godchildren. So I can't be the best godmother. I can't be the best friend. I can't be the best coworker. And so nothing is more serious than putting yourself first. I love that. Nothing's more serious than taking care of yourself. That is so great. When devastation sometimes happens and you look around and you you see the loved ones in your life, you see the love in your life um, with individuals that are around you, 
And if they're still breathing, thriving, to me, that's that's my box checked. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I can replace the house. I can replace any of these, you know, material things. But if I've got those, if I got love around me through some wonderful individuals, I'm good. I'm good. Nothing is more serious, guys. You heard her, Amanda White. Nothing more serious than taking care of yourself. Amanda, thank you so much. I hope at some point we will get together again. Thank you. I'll definitely be back anytime you have me. The Word. The Word. Welcome to The Word, where I sign off each show with a few nuggets to get you motivated and inspired to think differently. I want to discuss change and share some simple definitions of what change is. You know, these are very sensible things you can Google and look in your common dictionary, but I wanted to read them in the hopes that it resonates kind of what it means to actually embrace change and be change. So a few definitions, you know, to make different, to make radically different, to give a different position or course direction, to replace with another and to undergo a modification. Now, those are simple black and white terms of what change really is. We always focus on the negative part of change, but we don't necessarily focus on the positive change could bring. Now, as I read these phrases, as much as I want to highlight and emphasize change, the one single most constant of all of these definitions is really change. Something is happening. Something is different. It's taking shape. Whether you're adding, subtracting, multiplying, you know, we can go down all the mathematical equations on this one, but we're still going to come up with the same answer. We're always going to end up with change. Two primary reasons that we become resistance to change is that we are either not ready or we're not willing. We may be comfortable. You know, we may be comfortable. There may be fear of the unknown which we heard in our guest Amanda White say earlier on, change will be difficult so long as our current state provides us with comfort and security. And who doesn't want that? You see, we have to ask ourselves if we're growing, healing, or existing. And if you want to exist, y'all, you know, I have to say, I, I ain't got nothing for you. <laughs> Sadly, as much as I want you here on this podcast, joining me week after week on the Self Love Fest, This really isn't the podcast for you if you're just going to exist. We are learning, we are expanding, we're evolving, we are trying our best, guys, and really, that's what it's all about. Did you try your best today? Until next week, we're almost there, y'all. A new year, and hopefully, a new you. It's Amanda Smith, y'all, on the Know You First podcast. Executive producer and host, Amanda Smith. Sound engineer is Rashad Smith. Music by Motion Array. Know You First podcast is published by Wave Sync Media.